Hey friends, let me uh, ask you a quick question about your, your first uh, imaginations or thoughts. Like Heidi talked about when she was young and thinking about getting married and what it was going to be like and probably what her husband would be like. And she probably signed up for me and realized, wow, what did I sign up for kind of thing, you know. And I think all of us uh, face life that way to a degree. But I remember when I was a kid... Growing up, we never had a television in our house until I was 16. And uh, so I never got to see much uh, television. It was a great treat to go to somebody's house and, and, and have a meal that had actual television. You know, we, we thought it was great. But I remember as a young kid seeing a show. I can't remember exactly when it was. Maybe the late, mid-70s, mid or I, I can't even remember. But uh, early 70s, maybe, there was a show called Love. American style. How many ever saw that television show and how many can remember kind of the, the imagery that was put in our minds, love American style? I, I think if I saw some of those, I should check on Hulu or YouTube or something about that show because I hadn't seen it for, you know, 35 years or whatever. But it seemed like, you know, maybe some of the shows were bad, but I always just remember that, you know, boy meets girl, girl meets boy kind of thing, and they fall in love, they have goosebumps, they kiss. And what happened when they kissed? Fireworks. How many remember the fireworks? That was love, the American style. And that's kind of the idea of everybody's dream, thinking that, okay, I'm going to meet the special somebody, and they're going to just always, always give me goosebumps, and I'm always going to have fireworks in my life. But I found out that the fireworks... Many, many times in all of us, eventually can turn to duds. You know what I mean? It's not like the massive explosions with the burst of color. It's like, dear God, who are you? You know what I mean? It's like, what did I sign up for? Or we see sides of each other and I think, my, 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 my. I didn't know that this was kind of part of the package. And we all have, uh, you know, we're all housed in, in our humanity. And so I find that to have... A longevity in marriage is not real common anymore. I was preaching uh, uh, two weeks ago in California. Heidi and I have just come back from uh, Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, as you know, we have a, a campus there uh, called the Middle East Life Center, and it's just thrilling what the Spirit of God's doing. And maybe Sunday I'll tell you some stories and give you a report because I know your church uh, helps with uh, these various mission expressions. But uh, we had just come back from, from the Middle East, and uh, we were exhausted and had thrilling ministry, what God's doing. But uh, my son, who's uh, an assistant pastor in the local church we attend uh, in California, he was very ill. He was supposed to speak that Sunday, a small family church, you know, a hundred people maybe go. And so he called me and said, Dad, you know, I'm, I'm so sick, I, I, can't, I can't go preach. And he said, since you're in town and not traveling this weekend, can you cover for me? So I said, sure, you know, I'll be glad to be there and cover for you. So I went to church that morning and remember uh, Dan and, uh, uh, what is it, Char Char Charlotte. They, that particular day, they were celebrating their 68th, wedding anniversary and he's a very good looking like 90 year older and she's like uh maybe 91 i think she's a few months older than him or a year older or something two years maybe older maybe she's 92 and uh just distinguished beautiful wonderful people and uh so i shook his hand and gave him a hug and 
you know, celebrated, uh, you know, a sense of longevity. You don't, you don't hear about these things because that same week I had received two phone calls from very dear people in my life who called it quits on the marriage. One, both pastors, uh, one was married uh, for like 17, 18 years. The other one uh, for about the same, I guess, just maybe under 20 years. And uh, it just totally took me by surprise. So it shows you that in life, sometimes you're walking with people and we're comfortable with each other, we're smiling, we're showing, you know, our happy faces. But sometimes underneath there's a lot of turbulence in people's lives. And for whatever reason, they're not having fireworks anymore when they're looking at each other's eyes. They're kind of looking at each other's eyes saying, man, I'd like to strangle you, you know what I mean? Or I'd like to, I'd like to deal with you or you're getting on my nerves. And so... Uh, what we want to share a little bit today is fireworks, but from a different perspective. See, to have really heaven in your home and heaven in your house, you have to have a massive display of the love of the Father. Do you know the Bible says God is what? Love. God, that's who he is. That's his nature. That's his character. That's the essence of who God is. But the Bible also says love or God is a what? Consuming fire. And to me, fireworks is about having the love of God displayed. Because the love of the Father for you, expressed through you, is the only thing I find that works. So I'm going to talk about fireworks, but I'm not going to talk about it from a carnal point of view that we all understand through our human flesh, or that we understand through culture, or the pictures, you know, and the imagery that, that the media has tried to paint for us. I want to take you through the scriptures, and Heidi wants to take you through the scriptures, and show you the love of the Father that shocks you, that transform, transforms you, that, that, that wows you. And when it, when it captures your heart, it flows through you, and it makes your marriage work. In fact, you can come to a place where you actually enjoy who you are. So then you're in a position to enjoy who your spouse is with all their frailty, with all their humanity, and with all their weakness. So we want to have the kind of fireworks of God's consuming fire that's always displayed in a relationship. Here's our definition of love. It's not based on love, American-style definition of the goosebump and the, wow, what a kiss, and you see the burst of colors. It's based on God's love for us in Christ. First John 4.10 says this, this is love, not that we loved God. Now, see, this always surprises people. When I talk about love in marriage, I'm not going to talk about your love for your spouse as the anchor of it. I'm going to talk about love with the definition of God's love for you. And see, I'm assuming we're all in Christ. We're all, you know, doing our best in terms of understanding the revelation of God's love and grace in our lives. So I'm talking to believers here, not not non-believers. I might talk a little differently to non-believers, but to believers, I want to talk about love from the framework. This is love, not that I love Heidi to make my, love, uh, my, my marriage work, but to focus that God loves me to make my marriage work, that God loves me. He accepts me as I am, and that's going to equip me to be the husband Heidi needs and that's going to uh, be, be, be kind of the, uh, the motivation behind everything that I do in life and marriage. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. 
and has sent his son to be, be the covering or the propitiation for our sin. This is what we will use, like I say, kind of for our, our worldview. And I think really, like I told you before, uh, I'm not here to pile on. I have, uh, you know, a lot of books in my library. I'm sure you, Pastor Paul does too on marriage and all the kind of things you can do. And uh, I have good friends that have written wonderful books on marriage and, you know, how to, you know, have, you know, the fireworks back in 10 days or 20 days or 30 days or whatever. And all that's wonderful. There's a lot of good uh, healthy information that we can use, practical things. Some things seem to be just common sense, you know, like kindness and courtesy and listening and all these things. But I'm finding that uh, if I try to do any of this stuff based on me, I've started from a point of failing. And it's not going to get any better because I'm just not that good. But what I've learned to change in the equation is not my love for Heidi in all my effort to make my marriage work, but focus on one thing, being loved. It's changed everything about me. And it's changed everything about how I deal with Heidi and how she deals with me. It's awesome. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And it's thrilling. You know, some people work really, 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 really hard to have a good relationship, and their effort becomes their burden. They try to make themselves so appealing that their wife will love them, that their husband will love them. You know, if I have to be Heidi's satisfaction, uh, she will never get there with me. Her satisfaction has to be in the Lord, in his love for her. And then suddenly, my little life and all my uh, imperfections, she enjoys. By faith, of course, but she enjoys. And then there's something thrilling that can happen in the home. So... When you change your focus and let God love you, you're now equipped to love those around you. In fact, now you're equipped to love God. You're not even equipped to love God apart from being loved. In fact, the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. That's why to me, every effort and focus to love God is kind of in vain for me unless I just be loved. And that's why I'm addicted to the love of the Father. That's my consuming heart message understanding that I'm good to God because of the Lamb. And now my love for the Father becomes reciprocal, and that's the way I love my wife. See, in fact, Paul teaches about that. I, how am I as a husband to love my wife? Only as Jesus loved the church. So I have to focus on his love for me and be loved, and suddenly I'm equipped to be actually a, a good husband, not in my power, but in the power of the love of the Father dwelling in me. It's absolutely thrilling. And so this is why... I want our focus to change, not on our effort to be better as a husband or better as a wife, which is okay, but to focus on our love, our being loved, which, which we're equipped supernaturally now, just, just to have an exchange in our, in our home life that really has heaven's kiss. I tell you, I want heaven's kiss on my life. I want... I want the favor of the Father to be so rich in my home and in my marriage that everything about life is just thrilling in his love for me. 1 John 3 verse 11 says this, This is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Isn't that amazing? We should love one another. 1 John 3 verse 23 says this, This is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another 
as he gave his commandment. John 13, 34 says this, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. In other words, our, our, our model that we, we, we function from. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. If you're not taking time to be loved by God, you can never properly love your spouse. You're just not that good. I don't care what kind of Casanova you think you are. Unless you're spending time being loved by God, you're ill-equipped to love your spouse and vice versa. So it's very, very important that in our marriage life, we, uh, we, we have the fire that works is God's love, which is consuming. And then all the struggle and trouble and the disappointment with each other and the, the judgments we have against each other and the distance that people grow apart and the unfulfillment that people have in marriages and people look at each other with like cold look in their eyes and they don't have any warmth of, uh, they're just going through emotion for the sake of whatever their, their purpose is. And I think, my goodness, there's got to be a way in the love of the Father to have a consuming fire. To have a spiritual explosion, not like the carnal love American style, but a spiritual explosion where you're just so quickened and awakened with this massive revelation that I'm good to God because of the Lamb, and so is my wife in her weakness, in her frailty, in her pain, in her frustration. She's good to God because of the Lamb. And when I see myself accepted, wow, in the beloved, I have to see her the same way. So what I'm going to do during my, my little sessions... And Heidi, we'll see how this works. I'm going to just start the first framework, and then maybe you can start and get us started uh, before ice cream, or maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll go till we have ice cream. I might preach us right into ice cream, huh? And then you can come. You're walking in love. That is absolutely magnificent. So anyway, let me, let me give you a few simple suggestions uh, during uh, tonight and tomorrow. Um, where you allow this consuming love of God in you, how it works through you relationally, okay? And, and, and to me, this is the way, this is the only way I have a good marriage, the only way, because I'm just not that good. I'm not as nice as you think I am. I'm not as perfect as you think I am. I am, I am encased in full-blown humanity, Okay, I have a calling of God for the nations and I'm a gospel ambassador and God's been good in all these things. But to be a husband and effective and successful where the fire of the Father's love in me works through me, I'm going to give you some guidelines that, uh, that are a little different for a marriage gathering. It might surprise you, but I think you're going to be so enriched by it. If you're not, I'm going to be because I'm preaching it to myself. I always tell people I'm preaching to myself anyway and just inviting others to listen in. <laughs> you get the blessing of it. Aren't you glad? Praise the Lord. So let me give you some suggestions. If you want to participate in them, you're welcome. If you don't, that's my, my feelings aren't hurt. No worries. And, uh, but, but, but you may be surprised and... You, you know what I find when, when God begins to stir in my spirit and your spirit like leaps and your heart gets happy and you think, you got to be kidding me. See, I want the news of the gospel to be so stunning, so exciting, so, so thrilling where it takes faith to believe it. 
But this is what Jesus has done. And he's done it for all of our lives individually, and he's done it for our lives collectively in terms of our, our marriage covenants that we've had as well. So here's some suggestions. I'm going to give you one little suggestion uh, before our first break or before Heidi comes to share a little bit. Here's a suggestion about how the consuming love of God, that fire that works, can bring a transformation and a new strength and a new unity and a new wow kind of thought. You know, have you ever, have you ever just uh, gazed at your spouse, you know, from a distance or watched them do their duty? You know, for example, uh, last night um, uh, I came home like 6.15, 6.30 or something. We're in the midst, like you all, of rebuilding a, a facility what we call Life Center USA, and, and it's been stressful. And, but I came home last night. I had to pack to come on this. We were leaving the house at, or getting up at 4.30 to go to LAX to catch a flight and things. And, and, uh, but I gazed at my wife coming in the door, and she's always beautiful to me. I mean, she doesn't have to, she doesn't have to work to be beautiful. She's just beautiful to me. You know, everybody's beautiful. In their own way, right? Sure, it, sh it should be that way. There should always be just a sense of, you know, thank God you're you kind of thing. But, but uh, it wasn't that how he was fixed up or dressed up, but you know what I liked? I liked her watching her with our grandkids. And I just, from a distance, crossed the room, just watched her. And, uh, you know, it's like, wow, God, you're, you're good to me. You gave me a good granny, you know? You gave me, you gave me a, a, a beautiful wife. I've had lots of years together. You gave, she's a great mother, and now to see her be a granny. And yet she still puts up with this crazy mission gospel preacher that's nuts, you know? And, uh, but, but have you ever just taken time and just, just been thankful that somebody puts up with you, somebody lives with you, huh? You know, some of us don't even like to live with ourselves. You know what I mean? Think, think about the trouble others have. You know, they're outsiders trying to live with us. You know what I mean? But you think about, you know, wow, thank, thank you, Father. That, that's, to me, it's a miracle that God puts somebody in my life that, that uh, puts up with me or, or enjoys me. You know, by faith, they, they, they do. Because sometimes we, if we're not bathed in the love of the Father, we're disappointed with ourselves. And if you're not bathed in God's love for you, you'll be disappointed in your spouse and you're going to judge them improperly. Let me explain what I mean. So here's my first guideline. Suggestions to allowing the consuming love of the Father to work in your marriage. Number one, love your spouse according to their spirit. Now I bet you've never heard that in a marriage conference. Love your spouse according to the redeemed spirit, their innocent spirit. For example, if Heidi has to love me according to my flesh, how many know my flesh periodically has frailty? How many know my flesh periodically is not always this happy? Sometimes I'm grumpy. Sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I'm impatient. Sometimes I've said things I should have never said, done things I should have never done. Heidi, to have a good marriage with me, can't love me according to my flesh and have victory. 
She'd say, adios, bro, you're a loser. Huh? If you judge yourself according to your flesh, you'll never like yourself because you're just not that good. And that's the trouble with trying to qualify before the Father based on you. If you have to live according to the law, the old covenant system, and qualify based on you, game over. Don't try anymore. It's impossible. There's only one who could do it, Jesus Christ. But if you love somebody according to the redeemed innocence according to the spirit suddenly now you're in a framework where the love of god can reshape everything and fix the outside things that frustrate you about your spouse now let me explain what i mean go with me in your bible to second corinthians chapter five so when i talk about loving your spouse according to their spirit or the redeemed spirit see we are to know no one according to the flesh not even jesus christ you know, people that know Jesus Christ only according to the flesh, what he did in the flesh. In other words, they know about his miracles. They know about his teaching. You know, when you know people according, Jesus according to the flesh, you can know one thing through Jesus' life and ministry that God is good to you. But when you know Jesus Christ according to his spirit or according to the cross, you can know something totally different. That you are good to God. In fact, God's love for you is only demonstrated and only becomes radical when you understand the death of Jesus. Love is demonstrated fully in the death of Jesus, as it says in Romans 5 8. And so, in what, what, what fascinates me in 2 Corinthians 5, because we know this context of some of these things, but look at it, it says in verse 15, in fact. I think verse 15 says, uh, Jesus died for all. Look at that. See, we're coming up to celebrate the resurrection, right? We're coming up to this holy week that we all talk about. Jesus died for all. Now, that includes me, even if I'm a rascal. And that includes my wife, even if she's a rascal. Jesus died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. See, this to me is a great marriage verse because if you are in a marriage or in a relationship of any kind and you're living for yourself, you're starting at a terrible disadvantage. You need somebody who's supernatural in the love of the Father to put up with you, right? We're not to live for ourselves in our marriage, in our covenant relationship. We live one for another. But we live for Jesus who died for us and he rose for us, right? In fact, we are, we are innocent before the Father through our identification in his death and risenness. We have peace with God huh? because of that. Look at the next verse. So verse 16 says, Therefore, from now on we regard or know no one according to the flesh. Now think about that. Let's just pause for a minute. Most of us make our judgments in life about our marriage not according to somebody's redeemed innocence, but according to what they did wrong. Isn't that true? The argument that you have with your spouse, what, what gets on each other's nerves, uh, is, is nothing about the spiritual life. It's usually about the, the natural, the physical life. Something according to their flesh. We don't like the way where they put their clothes, where they... Well, whatever, you know, the, the, the way they responded to something. But it says, from now on, because of the death and the risenness of Jesus, we're to know no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him, Jesus, thus no longer. Then you know what the next verse says, therefore, 
if any man be in Christ. Now, we've memorized this verse. This is talking about our position before the Father in the Lamb, that we're all brand new, but it's based not on knowing Jesus in the flesh. It's based on knowing Jesus according to the cross in the Spirit. Now, if you can get a hold of that kind of love that makes you brand new, if you can capture that by being loved and taking your place in the Beloved, suddenly you're equipped to look at people not according to the flesh. It takes faith to live this way now. What I'm going to give you as some guidelines or some suggestions, you, it's, it's got it's to be like unfolded through the love of God for you where you can, where you can uh, shift or, or switch out of a carnal life marriage based on the fireworks, based on the goosebumps, into a spiritual covenant that's based on the cross. Based on being loved myself, if Heidi's taking time to being loved and I'm validating her and knowing her according to her redeemed spirit, everything about the natural Heidi that gets on my nerves is transformable as she beholds the Lamb. Because now she's going to be conformed into his image. The things about me that Heidi would dislike about my ways or mannerisms or you know, my culture might be a little different than her culture. Whatever it is, it's all transformable through beholding the Lamb. And that requires me to have one assignment in my marriage. To be loved by the Father and know that God loves me completely. He's got nothing on me. He's got nothing on me. My sins have been forgiven by God. My sins have been forgotten by God. It's absolutely an indescribable love that humanity cannot understand with human wisdom. It's nonsense. But to us who believe, it's absolutely the fireworks. It's the love of the Father that equips me before the Father so I can look at Heidi and know her not according to her flesh. Because, you know, if Heidi tells you her whole life testimony, or if I tell you my whole life testimony, you might say, oh, my. Wow, Keith was naughty. Heidi was naughty, huh? If you know people according to the flesh, the only thing it will do to you is make you judge. And that's living life according to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's what gets you into trouble. That's what gives, really empowers wickedness and, and, and the work of the devil in our midst is when we don't live according to the redeemed innocence we have through the tree of life. Jesus Christ. So it's absolutely magnificent. So we're to love people according to their flesh. For example, if I'm grumpy, which has happened, I think, once during our 30-some years of marriage, uh, I've been impatient just for like a moment. But Heidi's basically signed up for the most perfect guy who's ever lived since Jesus. Hallelujah. She's got... No, no I'm, I'm just trying to exaggerate to show you a point. Most of us you know, uh, think too highly of ourselves. You know what I've learned in life? To have no confidence in the flesh at all. None. Whether it's in my ministry or in my marriage, I have no confidence in the flesh. I'm being delivered from me. And it's beautiful. And for my marriage to work based on the love of the Lamb changes everything. It's awesome. So see, Heidi, if she sees me this way, if she knows me through my, according to my spirit, and vice versa, if I know her according to her redeemed spirit, 
then Heidi in her grumpy day to me is still redeemed. She's still washed. She's still clean. She's still whole. She's still blessed. She's still everything Jesus died for her, even in the midst of her disappointment, her rage, her frustration. And this is why in marriage you have to validate your spouse according to their redeemed innocence, not, not according to the flesh. Otherwise your life will go in cycles in your marriage and you'll never come to a place of comfort and peace where you have the fire that works and the transforming goodness of God's grace and mercy. So I, I, I think it's uh, really important that we see each other clean in whole. Look at the Bible says. Let's, let's uh, look at this passage. This is the marriage uh, passage Paul talks about in Ephesians 5 verse. Uh, let's just start in verse 25. We'll read that whole, the whole text. It says, husbands, love your wives. Now that's, that's a bummer in and of itself. If it's up to you, just as Christ also loved the church. My, that makes it even more difficult because that's a dying love. And gave her himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. You know what I've learned by being loved? I cleanse my wife through my words to her, by seeing her according to her redeemed innocence. For example, when there's frailty or failure or frustration or weakness or pain or sin, let's say I got so angry I just cussed somebody out. Now, you can't imagine it, so we're just using this as an example. But let's just say, uh, you know what Heidi needs to do to me in that kind of point? She needs to see me according to my redeemed innocence and speak blessing and the love of the Father and, and not, not discount the wonderful man of God huh? in whatever flesh frailty I exhibited. Now, that's hard to do because you got to do this by faith, but this is what will bring redemption into your marriage. This is what will preserve your spouse when your spouse is disappointed with them. And I tell you what, friends, I don't know about you, but, you know, like I said, just this last week or 10 days or whatever, I got two calls from two, two, two illustrations of people that I thought had perfect marriages. Done. Shot. Finished. You never know what's calculating the cost of the, the, the pain of the people and all the kids and the extended families and the, the backbiting and whatever, you know, happens through all these things. But, but I've learned that uh, if, if I can love Heidi just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, I can't do that on my own. It's impossible. So the only thing I can do is be loved. And I can't do that according to Heidi, not her flesh. Are you kidding me? I do it according to her redeemed spirit. She's the righteousness of God in Christ, and I'm to know her according to her spirit, not according to her flesh. And then I enjoy the physical part of marriage, the physical part of our relationship in a whole new dimension because now there's not disappointment. She doesn't have to perform to be accepted by me. She's accepted because of the love of the Father. And I see her in that same kind of righteous reality. Again, verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. So again, speak those things over your spouse according to... that. It, it, it makes no sense, you know. I mean, to the human mind, it makes no sense. But I tell you, it's the way love grips people. That when you, when, when you, when you show them they're accepted in their most miserable breakdown, they weep. 
with astonishment. Because they're expecting judgment. But it's only the love of the Father that transforms. Verse 27, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Do you know you have no spot today before the Father? Some of you think, oh, Keith, man, I'm such a terrible person. I've had a terrible week. Keith, you wouldn't believe what I, what's happened to me today and what I thought. What... You know right now before the Father you have no spot because of the Lamb. It's astonishing. And that's what fixes your flesh frailty. That's what fixes your flesh failure is this massive love and grace of God. And the love of the Father keeps reminding you of your, 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 your without spot before the Father. I tell Heidi there is nothing she's ever done that disappoints me. Nothing. I got nothing on her, nothing against her, even though she's not been perfect or I've not been perfect. Because I love her according to her redeemed spirit. And it's thrilling. Verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. You know, husbands that don't know how to love their wife, it just tells, it shows me one thing. They've never been loved by the Father. They have a religious worldview of God and Jesus and everything and church going and memorizing Bible verses. But they're not, they're not astonished at their acceptance before the Father. That's the only thing that equips you to, to make it in marriage as a husband. He who loves his wife loves himself. That's why most uh, that's why most people in our culture don't enjoy their own company. They don't like themselves. They always need people. They need to be busy. They need activity. They need distraction. They don't like themselves. The love of the Father will, will, will crush Every fleshly frailty about yourself out of you and present you blameless. It's awesome. Is this good, Heidi? Why am I crying so much? I'm a professional weeper. Wow. Look at this, verse 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So our love, you know, my love for Heidi should be so calibrated in God's love for me that there's never any pain brought by my presence in her life. No pain. To her soul, to her flesh, nothing, no pain. It's, it's the kind of astonishing love that when, when you're equipped with it, it flows from you. And it changes the whole ambience of a marriage. You don't have to ever jockey in position. You never have a thought of retaliation. You're never keeping things for payback. You, you, you have no thought of it in marriage. You know how many, you know, you look. I'll watch all these uh, TV shows. What do they call these TV shows now? Uh, uh, reality. reality shows. And it's all, you know, whatever. Retaliation and vengeance and this. And I'm going to get my lover back. And I'm going to get my spouse back. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an equation in life that has nothing to do with knowing Jesus according to the Spirit, according to the cross. 
And it's in, it's in, it's in Christian homes, it's in, it's in churches, it's, 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 it's in the worldview of people who've never been shocked with the love of the Father. It's never gripped them. Look at this, verse 30. We are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The two become one. Let me ask you, do you live as one or do you live as two? You don't have to answer, I'm just as a thought. When you think of your marriage, do you live as one or do you live as two? Are you afraid to be who you are in your marriage because your spouse will react? Are, are you authentic with you? Are you one? It goes on to say, this is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. You know what really is a massive mystery to me? You know, the Bible says righteousness is a mystery. It's a mystery to me. Because it's a display of God's love for me in Christ that calls me good to God when my mind can't wrap around it. It astonishes me. The love of the Father. And it's a mystery in marriage. That's why when you're gripped with the love of God, supernatural equipping happens. Favor floods your marriage and your home, and it's, 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 it's hard to explain. It's a mystery concerning Jesus and the church. Nevertheless, look at this, verse 33. Let each one of you in particular so love his own wife, as himself. You know, a husband that doesn't know how to love his wife proves he's never loved himself. And I've just told you with just bold-faced honesty, there's no way my marriage could work if I have to love Heidi according to the flesh. Because she takes me off. She's not like me. Like she said, we're totally, we think different words. We're as different as this day is. And, you know, if Heidi has to love me according to the, there's no way our marriage will work. I would have I drove her nuts. But you know what we've learned in the love of the Father? <laughs> the mystery of God's love for us does something so dynamic where there's the thrill of our physical lives together because I don't know her according to her flesh. I do, but I refuse to, uh, you know, elevate it above the redeemed innocence she has in Jesus Christ. The love of God has captured me. That's why I know my marriage will make it. It's the only reason I know my marriage will make it. That's why I can promise you before the Father, if I just be loved... Heidi's never got a thing to worry about. Never. Now, if I don't take time being loved and I resort back to uh, living a carnal life 
in terms of my relationship to Heidi, then, you know, there's probably tension, chaos, pain, problems. But it's awesome. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see she respects her husband. You know, wives, the only way you can respect your husband is not to know him according to the flesh. <laughs> it's the only way. Now, I know your wife's the best thing that's happened since sliced bread. And I know you can all testify that. And Heidi would be first in line to tell people how great I am. But you know what? In, in reality, the only way Heidi can respect me fully is to see me in my redeemed innocence in Christ Jesus. And now she's, uh, she's enthralled by the love of the Father because the love of the Father has changed me. So that's why we have a good marriage. That's why we can be effective. And that's why, to me, marriage is not an effort. It's, it's, for me to have a good marriage with Heidi is not, is not a burden. I'm not thinking, oh dear God, what did, what did I do wrong now? Or what, what else? It's, it's not even a thought. My, my marriage with Heidi is a thrill. I got the fireworks going off. Not from the mindset that you understand with a love American style, but the fireworks of the grace of God. Because I know her according to her redeemed spirit. She knows me according to my redeemed spirit. I'm good to God because of the Lamb. She's good to God because of the Lamb. And we believe it. Is transforming us. Did you all like session one? Hallelujah. It's about time to have ice cream. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Go ahead, give the Lord a shout of praise, somebody. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, just put your hands on your heart. Let me just pray for you for a minute. Thank you, Father, that you love us completely. It's unbelievable. There's no disappointment in you concerning me. It's unbelievable, but I believe it. Thank you that I can know myself not according to the flesh. Because I don't think I'd like myself periodically, but I can know myself according to my redeemed innocence. It's beautiful, Lord. It's the way I change. It's the way I'm transformed more and more. To be like you. Thank you for the marriages represented here. Father, for every husband, for every wife, let their hearts have peace. Whatever we share, whatever we say, whatever, whatever is communicated, never let them feel a bit of condemnation.
Thank you, Father. Let us see one another. Not according to the flesh, but according to our redeemed innocence. That our spirits recreated in Christ. And let our hearts be happy. Father, put a new thrill in every marriage represented here. Put an astonishment for each other. And help us navigate our lives not based on our effort to do to get our spouses satisfied with us. But let us live our lives where we're so loved by you and we're receiving such love for you that we, we're, we're just different people. It's your life expressed through us. It's your purposes that always prevail. Thank you for this great church. Thank you for this wonderful, wonderful time together. And thank you now for ice cream. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Pastor, God bless you.